to Towers Talk. I'm Angela. And I'm Patrick. Welcome to another episode of our podcast. Towers Talk is brought to you by Lion and Braxton Towers. Towers. You can live anywhere, but when you're here, you're home. Okay, so today we're interviewing uh, Dr. Eric Heron and Josh Squires. Dr. Heron is an Everly College professor of political science whose research focuses on political institutions, specifically electoral systems. Josh Squires is a graduate teaching assistant with the Department of Political Science. He's currently working on his dissertation at WVU, studying the administration of Election Day polling places and their effects. He also graduated from WVU in spring 2017 with a master's in poli-sci. So welcome, Dr. Heron and Josh. Thank you. It's great to be here. Okay, so the first thing we want to talk about, as you know, most of our target audience here on Towers Talk Podcast are the first-year students living in Towers. So unless they voted in a primary earlier this year, they probably have never voted before. Most of them, you know, just turned 18 in the last year or maybe less. Can you talk first about the importance of being registered to vote, even at their young age? Yes, uh, I definitely can. So... Hi, I'm Josh. Um, So first off, thank you for having us on here. I'm excited to talk about the importance of voting. So I guess to answer your question, um, I think the first thing to think about when you're you're thinking about the importance of registering to vote and to vote really is the idea of what this country was founded on, on the idea of a democracy, right? Where a democracy, where the only real chances for people to actually get their voices heard is to vote, right? And so I think that's the very first thing one should think about when they decide whether or not they want to register and then, I guess, to vote. And I know that that's a very, I guess, a rosy way of looking at it, right? That's what I hope everyone thinks about when they decide to register and to vote. But as we know, there are some kind of issues with that, right? And the number one thing I think that the hurdle to vote is like, will my vote count, right? And I think I just want to explain to you that it's very important to vote because the numbers are there for younger people specifically 18-year-olds to about 29-year-olds. So I'm 26 years old, so I'd like to throw myself in that category. And I think when you think of someone who votes, and those would be older people, about 65 years or older, um, they tend to vote, uh, you know, way more frequently than, than younger people. In fact, in 2016, 70% of, that, of the older people, 65 or older, um, you know, 70% of them voted, whereas only 46% voted for younger people. And I think that's something to keep in mind, right? So I know it's this idea of like, hey, maybe my vote's not going to count, so I'm not going to vote. But it's the idea of voting together. If you vote, maybe everyone else will vote, and the, and the numbers are there. In fact, it was about a 13 million uh, vote difference in 2016 between 65 years and older uh, voters and 18 to 29-year-old voters. So that's definitely something to think about um, and why I think it's very important to register and vote. And the last part to that, to, to kind of conclude my point, is that the differences may not be overnight, right? It may not, the differences might not be there in 2020. But if you register at 18, there's a good chance, and you vote in in 2020, there's a good chance that you'll uh, vote again in 2024 or then in 2028. And those things, change can happen from there. And uh, those blue states that you see, they weren't blue at one time, they were maybe red. And those red states, they were actually blue at one point. The point here is that change can happen if you register and you vote. Awesome, thanks so much, Josh. Awesome, so we know that students have a lot of questions that, uh, and are maybe navigating the political spectrum for the first time in their lives. They probably know who their parents have voted for or will vote for. Um, so what recommendations would you two make for any of our residence hall students about how can they can best learn about like policies and what a candidate really stands for 
so that they can see if they themselves align with those policies and values. Yeah, this is uh, Eric Heron. Ballots can be really overwhelming, especially for first time voters. So the first time you go to the polls, you might be paying attention to the most prominent races. So this November, obviously, that's the race for, for president. But there are often races on the ballot that you may not be prepared to, to vote for. Sometimes they're nonpartisan, sometimes they're offices that you haven't really given a lot of thought to. So in November, we'll have the presidential race along with elections for governor, for House of Delegates, for state attorney general, for treasurer, for auditor, for commissioner of agriculture, and so on. Uh, what's nice is in, in West Virginia, the county clerk's website, and you'll provide some links uh, so students can access this information, but the county clerk's websites will show you what your ballot will look like. And you can also use resources like Ballotpedia to see a sample ballot as well. And what's nice about Ballotpedia is it's a, a real clearinghouse for information about elections in the United States. So if you look at the West Virginia 2020 elections, you can see the candidates who will be on the ballot. You can look at links to their personal or campaign websites, Facebook pages, and so on, and really see what the candidate statements are, who's endorsed them, maybe organizations you trust or people that you trust, and so on. And these are ways for first-time voters to better understand how their preferences align with the candidates who are on the ballot. And once again, in, in the high-profile races, like for president, your listeners probably know who they are likely to support. But there are many races that they'll be called upon to, to vote for, and Ballotpedia and the county clerk's website are, are good places to find out information about who's running and also gather more information about the views of those candidates. Awesome. Thank you so much, Dr. Heron. So, you know, getting registered to vote can be really complicated and almost overwhelming. Uh, what resources are available to our students this semester to ensure that they're registered to vote in the November general election? So there are great resources for citizens across this country and in West Virginia to find out if they're registered to vote and, and what to do. So some of our students here at WVU are not West Virginia state residents. And the National Association of Secretaries of State has a website. And on that website, you can look, look up if you can vote. Not only does it give you information about the rules in a different states, but it can also direct you to the secretaries of state of those states so you can see if you're registered to vote. In West Virginia, the Secretary of State's website has a page where you can put in your personal information, your residence, your name, and see if you are registered to vote. If you live in um, Mon County, you're registered in Mon County. The county clerk's website has incredible information about where you should go to vote and, uh, as I mentioned before, what your ballot will look like. If you are just interested in general in elections and how the rules vary, and there's been a lot of discussion of things like mail-in or absentee voting and how the rules differ across states, vote.org and the National Council of State Legislatures, ncsl.org, they have information about how the rules are different all over the country. So if you're curious about what deadlines are to register to vote or 
to obtain an absentee ballot or to return your absentee ballot or other types of information, those two sites can can really inform you well about the rules that apply to you. And the, and the most important point is that the rules vary state by state and sometimes county by county. So you need to figure out where you're registered and then follow the rules that are associated with those particular places to make sure your vote counts. Thank you so much. That's really helpful for our students. Um, so Dr. Heron and Josh, uh, you've both been here at WVU since 2014. So how's about you tell us like, what do you love most about, about WVU? Well, I think I have two reasons why I love WVU um, and why I think it's such a great school. I think first is I was born and raised in West Virginia and I think it's just a great, like a model for West Virginia. It is, it, it does West Virginia proud, I guess you could say. I think it, I think also another thing, and those people who don't know who may not, I, you know, I'm not familiar with Virginia or, or thinking about going to West Virginia University, you know, it is a very large university, but the departments wise are relatively small. I know in the political science department, um, it's relatively small and I really enjoy the relationships I have with the professors. And I, I don't think, I think that's very difficult to say for other universities that are very large. I think it, it just, it makes you feel very welcome. And I, I believe that is definitely one of the reasons why I love West Virginia University. Yeah, and I think Josh raised a lot of great points about, about WVU and, and all of the wonderful uh, resources we have access to here and, and what, what the community is like. Uh, maybe I can just build off that a little bit. Uh, one of the great things about teaching at the university is that we really do have some sometimes hidden gems here that students should be aware of and, and I've tried to incorporate into my class activities. So a couple of years ago I taught a class in the Honors College that included a week at the WVU Art Museum where we talked about the politics of an exhibit that was going on at the time. And many new students don't know that we have an art museum and it's a great resource. And right now of course during the pandemic it, its accessibility might be you know lower than we like but but once you know, we move out of this phase, uh, students should definitely take advantage of that. And then within the county, we have a, a county clerk who is really open to engaging with students and having them involved in the election process. So I taught a class about elections where the students in my class get trained and they work the polls and it gives them hands-on experience and something that could help them get a job uh, after they graduate, but also just to better understand the election process. And I work as a poll worker in Mon County and students at WVU, uh, both undergraduate and graduate students do. And if students who listen to this podcast are interested in getting involved in the election process, this year, poll workers are, are really going to be essential. Traditionally, poll workers are older and they're the most at risk from the pandemic. And so those who feel comfortable being in a polling place and, and doing this work can contact their county clerk if they're from West Virginia, wherever they plan to, uh, to vote or wherever they're registered to vote, to see if they can work and not only learn something about the process, but get something back. If I may, Dr. Heron actually asked me about becoming a poll worker, which I did. And as a uh, 18-year-old, uh, you know, college student, as I understand, you know, uh, trying to find some sort of income 
while work by being a student, uh, that's an excellent way to also make money as well. I mean, you work all day, but it's just for one day. And it's an excellent, as he said, it's an absolute excellent uh, opportunity to learn how the uh, voting process works in, in, in America. Great. Cool. Thank you so much to both you, uh, to Dr. Heron and Josh Squires for joining us today to share more about voting rights here at WVU. I know I'm personally very excited to exercise my right to vote in the state of West Virginia and even more so, you know, I feel very well informed after this talk. So thank you so much. I mean, I learned a lot and it sounds like Angela did too and I hope that all of our students did. So, but catch us next week when we interview another member of the WVU community. Thanks for joining us for this episode of Towers Talk Podcast. <laughs>